During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. ...of your home with no scrubbing, power washing, or bleach. Use wet and forget on all your outdoor surfaces, including decks, siding, roofs, and patios. Wet and Forget's available in a concentrate or extreme reach hose-in. Purchase Wet and Forget in-store or online at Lowe's, Menards, Ace, or Walmart. Wendy's 2 for $6 lets you mix and match some of our best items, like... Dave Single with a 10-piece crispy nugs. Medium strawberry lemonade with a spicy chicken sandwich. Spicy chicken with a Dave Single. Dave Single with a strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. Strawberry lemonade. If you're into that. Chicken Sam, crispy nugs. Crispy nugs, strawberry lemonade. Dave's, Dave's, nugs, nugs, Sam, Sam. Whew! Pick what you want at a price you want. <clears throat> Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's two for six. For a limited time, price of participation may vary at U.S. Wendy's. On the card only. Single item at regular price. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Beware of the fog. You're a Swiss from the right wing. The Kansas Jayhawks hit the hardwood every game right here. Wow, what ball movement. They share it and they throw it down. There's nothing like Kansas basketball. A big-time thundering slam. Be a part of the journey all season long on your home for Kansas Jayhawk basketball. Tonight at 8, Kansas faces Oklahoma State on the home of the Jayhawks, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. This is SportsCenter. Christine Lisi, one of the top NFL head coaching candidates, is staying put. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson's informed the team he'll be back. Wants another shot at winning a Super Bowl with Detroit. His asking price spooks some teams, reports ESPN's Adam Schefter. Former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith's been hired as the Steelers offensive coordinator. He had a top run game as OC of the Titans before landing with Atlanta. NBA, patience, what the Bucks are preaching. After losing their first game under new coach Doc Rivers, he, along with Giannis Antetokounmpo, are reminding everybody it'll take time for the team to adjust to a new voice. And while Rivers will help the Bucks defensively where they need it, they've still got one glaring issue, believes ESPN NBA analyst Kendrick Perkins. They lack athleticism at the wing position. That is the most important position in the NBA. When you have to go against guys like Kawhi Leonard, when you have to go against Jason Tatum and Jay Brown, you have to have a guy that can defend. Big Perk on first take. 76ers center Joel Embiid uncertain tonight against the Warriors because of knee soreness. He's missed the last two games with that issue. Hey, it's your resident Super Bowl champ, Chris Cannon. Coming up Wednesday, I'll tell you why any trade my Lakers make won't impact how their season ends. It's unsportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU.
You're listening to The Pulse with Pat Strothman on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Small town, big dreams, and a young boy the age of 15 had a premonition his city would get seen. Now I'm winning, get sheen in the city of the home of our What's up, Wichita? How about that weather, everyone? Man, it is B-E-A, beautiful outside. Giving me a little glimpse of what it might be like in Vegas next week. Now, I don't really know if it's going to be like that or not. But regardless, anytime you have weather like this, everyone is always in a good mood. And we are certainly in a good mood here for today's edition of The Pulse on Wichita Sports Leader ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. That's, of course, if you have an old-school radio dial, if you listen to us in your car or at home with a radio. Let's say, though, that you like to be glued to your phone or maybe you get outside in the listening area. We got you covered, too. You can always stream the program and the rest of the wonderful programming by going to ESPNWichita.com. Listen live. Link is there. Click it. The media player will pop up. It's very simple. Also, too, if you want to go back and listen to interviews from last week, maybe even all the way back to Super Bowl Radio Row in 2023, I don't know, you can. Just go to ESPNWitch.com, podcast page on there. Also, Spotify, Apple Music, pretty simple. We also have the TuneIn app on your smartphone, another neat thing to use, another app that you probably want. And... If you have a smart speaker, tell it to tune into ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM or KKGQ. I'm Pat Strothman. The great producer today is Jack Johnson. You can always give us a call at 316-669-4996. You'll need that number if you want to win a pair of tickets to see the Wichita State Shockers and the UTSA Roadrunners, it's coming up a week from tomorrow, 6.30 being the tip-off time. We are down to three more pairs. We're down to just three pairs of tickets, if you can believe that. So if you're interested in free tickets, you better better be ready to rock and roll. At some point, I'll tell you the call, 316-669-4996. If you're listening... Uh, to Shane on the Shane Dennis Show, you had a chance to get a glimpse of what this Travis Kelsey sounder is all about. It's very obvious. You can't miss it. And that sounder is an indicator of when you need a call if you want to get in the grand prize drawing to win a Kansas City Chiefs Bud Light Neon sign. Listen to Shane's program from 12 to 2, this show from 2 to 4, once you hear the sounder, be the third caller to be registered to win. It's brought to you by Bud Light. Easy to Sunday, easy to enjoy. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Must be 21 years or older to enter. And again, the number for that is 669-4996. If you don't have any interest in that, that's no big deal. And you just want to be a part of the show, you can call, but the text line is always a popular option at 316-247-0923. And Andrew, Andrew has a pretty hard-hitting question for you, Jack. We need to figure out who absolutely shellacked Jack in chess. 
Clearly that struck a nerve, LOL. Seriously, who mollywopped you in chess? You hate chess players. I got to know. Nobody. No, hey, I, I've lost before. I've never gotten mollywopped in chess. What I will not stand for is liars and deceivers and cheaters in that game. <laughs> There's nobody out there. And by the way, blindfolded? What, is that supposed to impress me whatsoever? You're, you're just So what do you think of Rubik's Cubes, guys? Is huh? it the same category? Uh, no, because that's not a game. That's just like you could you could feel a Rubik's Cube and be like, okay, I'm identifying some of the pieces, how it's supposed to work. If you've done it 100 times the same way, you can just do it the exact same time. Playing three different people in chess while blindfolded, it's it's lying. It's all staged. Did, every did a involved. chess player steal an old girlfriend of yours that you're still no. hung up on? What's hey. what's the deal? There's no. something there's something deep down inside that's going on. No, man. I just it doesn't have to be just chess. I just when they when it's too it, when it's too much, it's like, oh I am going to do something blindfold, one hand tied behind my back, I'm in handcuffs. Um I've got so my it's, left it's foot chopped blindfold. off. So so do you hate magicians? No. No, I but I think there is. It's not really magic. It's just trying to show. Like, first off, you're getting your ass kicked by a blindfolded guy in chess for real. You don't. You can't be playing. Like, it, just throw any other Joe schmo out there to lose to you in chess. So that, that's what strikes a nerve with me, man. That either the three people that are losing to a blindfolded guy, if it's true, or this is all staged, which I believe it is. Oh, uh, thanks, Andrew. Really appreciate that text message on the text line. I was really hoping that we get to the bottom of it, but apparently there's no story, Andrew. Apparently it's just Jack doesn't like deceivers, <laughs> doesn't like liars, which, hey, I think we can all get on board with that, Jack. I think we can all agree no one really likes a liar. We can, we can mythbusters. We can debunk all of it. <laughs> that's, that's Jack's new mission. He's going to quit the show and <laughs> go around the world to debunk <laughs> different things. Have you ever seen Now You See Me? Oh yeah, love that movie. You're you're what's the guy's name? Lucius? Yes. That's who you are. Mm -hmm. You're trying to go around and debunk the the four horsemen. That's what you're doing. That's what you are. And if you want me to be the oh man, what's the main character's name who's secretly a magician? Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the show. My bad. Oh man, it's been a while. I can't remember. Um, it's whoever whoever plays Bruce Banner as the Hulk. Um, in the Avengers oh, movies. Oh, Mark Ruffalo? Yes. I can't remember the, the name of the character, though. Oh, isn't it Dylan? I think it Dylan is Ro Dylan. Yeah, Dylan Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Nicely done. If I want to be, maybe I should play Dylan in this role. You could be Lucius. I'll play, I'll play Dylan. There that we means go. you and I will have a little, little rivalry there. Yep. All right. We got sidetracked. <laughs> it's all because of what happened at the end of Shane's show. 316-247-0923. I promise we'll get the sports. I promise you. But of course, if you want to be a part of the fun, that's one way to do it. Social media, Twitter slash X. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. Just like and follow all those different pages with ESPN Wichita. Here on the program today, coming up here in just a little bit, we will have Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. He's brought to you every week by Interest Bank. We'll get his thoughts on the Chiefs and the Ravens, maybe even a little look ahead to next week with the Super Bowl. I don't know if we should do that or not, though, because I might be seeing him in Las Vegas next week. So we'll kind of get a feel for things. If not, we'll get some of his thoughts and relay to the world next week. But Matt's going to be on today. That I do know. And you can count on him at 225. Shortly after that, 
Jack Johnson is an expert in many different things. Apparently an expert in chess. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm sure he's probably not bad. I haven't played chess in a long, long time, so don't look at me. But Jack, I also know, is an expert at this one thing, and I know he's got opinions on this one thing, so we'll get to that coming up at 2.45. Hour number two begins with a Tuesday with Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle. He's presented to you by You Build It Wichita. Shockers finally on the board in conference play under first-year head coach Paul Mills. How do they build on that as they go on the road, set the take on Tulsa? After that, at 325, the Big 12 football schedule is out. We know Big 12 football for 2024, and we know where KU football is going to host games. We'll get into all that information at 325, and then we wrap things up at 345 with the Take Two Tuesday that is our lineup for today. It is January 30, 2024. Really appreciate you all for tuning in on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. And thank you. Thank you for making us Wichita Sports Leader right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, we got a little ways to go before they take on the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58. We'll break down that game as things progress. And we'll have plenty of stuff next week. We'll have not only our radio row coverage, which is presented to you by Davis Liquor Outlet, we will also have uh, chances to interview Chiefs players. Last year, I think I got, what, 10, 15 one-on-ones with Chiefs players. That's the plan for next week. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're pretty audio-heavy Next week, we're already lining up some different interviews being in Vegas. And I know Fat Jack's going to be in Las Vegas, too. So we are planning next week. And, yes, we will break down the game as we progress throughout the week. But got to say, during a two-hour show, it's going to be a little bit difficult to get every single thing all covered. So that being said, this is the breaking news from yesterday that – we didn't really talk about, but we do need to talk about it. But we also need to address another thing involving the Kansas City Chiefs. And I want to start with the loss of defensive end Charles Amenihu, who tore his ACL in the AFC Championship game, won't be able to play in the Super Bowl against his former team, might I add, the San Francisco 49ers. He had a career-high seven sacks this year. His first with the Chiefs, despite missing the first six games with an NFL suspension. He had a strip sack of Lamar Jackson on Sunday before leaving with that injury. The Chiefs played against the Ravens without Derek Nottie, who was placed on injured reserve before the game with a triceps injury. He will also not play in the Super Bowl. Omenihu is just 26, so you like to think he can bounce back. With him suffering that ACL tear now, I almost wonder when he will make his first appearance in the 2024-25 season. That I wonder. And I wonder if that changes things from an offensive season perspective for Kansas City. We all think they're going to rehaul their wide receiver core, but with this injury of Charles Amenehu and if Chris Jones isn't going to be available, let's say all that money goes to LeJarrius Sneed, what's going to happen there up front for Kansas City? But that's for discussion once we get to the season's end, my question and my thoughts 
of of this situation right here. Now that there's no Charles and many of you who has been a game changer for the Chiefs, what are they going to do? He is a critical piece to Steve Spagnolo's scheme this year. And if you need proof, just go back and look at how he was used last year for in San Francisco and see how he was used this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's used in a very similar way. He can go inside, he can go out. So can Chris Jones a little bit, but many who does things a little bit differently. And not having him be available in the game against San Francisco is a monster blow. And then you combine that with Derek Noddy being out, and it just makes you wonder, are the Chiefs going to have enough bodies and enough punch up front to try to, A, get after Brock Purdy, but B, trying to slow down Christian McCaffrey and that 49ers rushing attack that can be so dynamic with those guys. It's a big blow, and, and it really puts more pressure on Mike Dana having to be what he was last year. It's not like he's been terrible this year. But last year I felt like Mike Dana was a little bit of an underrated piece for the Kansas City Chiefs, a little bit underrated. The nice part for Kansas City is, and we haven't spent, we maybe spent a total of five minutes talking about this, but it needs to be brought up even more. And as much as we've talked about the Chiefs and, and them not hitting in, in certain NFL drafts, there was maybe a little bit concern when this guy was drafted not too long ago. We all thought that he slid for a reason, that maybe that would be a problem for for this guy and for the Kansas City Chiefs. Came out of Purdue. Chiefs traded up to get Trent McDuffie, but this guy fell into the laps of Kansas City, and there was some... A little bit of criticism for some people. But he has panned out to be an incredible player this year. Ten and a half sacks, 28 total tackles solo-wise. Yeah, I think that'll get the job done in year number two for the Kansas City Chiefs. And there's going to be a little bit more pressure probably on him to really elevate his game a little bit more. And he's probably going to have to be that guy. Now, I don't think you can move him in and out quite like Charles and Menu. I don't know how Steve Spagnuolo is going to handle that other than just go with Chris Jones. But now, from an edge-rushing perspective, Mike Dana's got to be the one to really elevate his game. But also, too, George Karloftis, there's going to be a little bit more pressure on the second-year player out of Purdue to really produce against the San Francisco 49ers. Can't stress it enough how big of a weapon. Charles Amenehu, if you had to do a breakdown of pieces that you're going to lose in the C. Spagnola defense, I can hear an argument for three players as being the most valuable player for the Chiefs on defense for Spags. Legereus Sneed, Chris Jones, and George Karloftis. Or not George Karloftis, I'm sorry, Charles Amenehu. I have furious George in my brain. Those are three guys I think are incredibly valuable for their, for Steve Spagnuolo's defense to work because of the versatility of it. Now you remove him from the equation, and it just feels like a monster, monster blow. I want to transition to the offensive side of the ball. And, Jack, I'm sure you saw this. I was curious to see how Andy Reid would address it. And we played Andy Reid audio from post game the other day. It was yesterday. We didn't play his press conference from yesterday. Maybe we have to get to that later on. I don't know. We'll see. 
But Andy Reid, he addressed the Kadarius Tony situation because if you missed it, Kadarius Tony accused the Chiefs of basically faking the injury, saying that the Chiefs have filed false injury reports regarding his injury. He claimed that in a profanity-filled Instagram live post attributed to him. Andy Reid said he's been on the injury report, so that part is not made up by any means. Tony on his post said he doesn't have the hip and ankle injuries the Chiefs have recently listed for Tony on their weekly injury reports. He says he's not hurt, none of that. And ahead of the game on Sunday, we all thought, okay, he's on the injury report, but he's also listed as personal reasons. The guy just had his his first baby girl on Saturday. So it would make sense to me that he wouldn't be able to play the next day. Well, if this turns out to be true, teams and coaches can't be fined by the NFL for issuing inaccurate or misleading injury reports. In December, keep in mind, Atlanta Falcons head coach back then, Arthur Smith, was fined 25000 and the team 75000 for failing to disclose that Bijan Robinson was dealing with an illness that limited him in a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier in the season. Is that what's happening with Kadarius Tony? Heck, I have no idea. The guy seems to be a little off his rocker. It's whatever. What is up with the Chiefs and their history with very vocal wide receivers and very vocal players? I don't know. That's for another discussion. Kadarius Tony, with this going on, and what we assume is coming in the offseason, being an overhaul, it's almost like he's putting the final nail in his own coffin. The guy has been banged up for his entire NFL career. Why should we, why should we be stunned? Why should we be stunned if he was on the injury report for an actual injury? And look, Kadarius, maybe you're realizing that the Chiefs are doing these things without you, that Rasheed Rice is a better wide receiver, that Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer, and that Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, those guys can make catches. And Oh, by the way, McCall Hardman, just do cardio because you, Sky Moore, and Kadarius Toney are all in the same category as useless wide receivers. I know that might sting there for Kadarius Toney, but look, rather than trying you out there and showing you how defective of a piece that you are, maybe they're salvaging you and helping you out for 2024-25 with what could be a potential new team. I don't know. But I got to say, Andy Reid and the Chiefs, this is a little bit of a distraction that you have to nip in the bud. And I'm sure Andy Reid and them have had a conversation with Kadarius Tony, But this just continues to look bad on Kadarius. And now it just makes you wonder, what do they do with Kadarius Tony going forward? Hopefully it's just a release, but I don't know. Jack, do you have any thoughts on, A, Charles Amenihu not being available because of an ACL tear? And two, Kadarius Tony deciding to use social media to try to tell the truth that he is healthy and he can play. It's just that Kansas City is just benching him. D- does it matter? Do you need a coach's decision, DMP coach's decision to make you feel better, Kadarius? I don't know. What do you think? Well, we're so soon to forget that that's exactly how he forced his way out of New York as well and why the Chiefs oh, picked him up. Good point. Remember, he was saying, hey, I'm not hurt. I'm just not playing, and they're benching me, and they're terrible to me, and you know, I, I want to be out there and all of that. And 
You know, whether it's true or not, I really don't care. Uh, if the Chiefs did lie about it, they're doing it to protect him from, hey, we're just benching you because you suck, because you have cost us multiple games this year, and he clearly doesn't think that way. I mean, he's a guy right now, and it's no shock whatsoever he decided to post that hours before kickoff of this game to put focus on him. I mean, go back every single game this year in which he cost the team. Did Andy Reid throw him under the bus? Did Patrick Mahomes throw him under the bus? Did Travis Kelsey throw him under the bus? No, they backed him up every single time. And to do this, I mean, he was already a fringe guy to make the team next year. There's no point in keeping him around next year. This is clearly a guy that's too selfish in his own ways. He's never going to be able to fix who he is as a person and really not on the field either. I mean, the, the Giants were genius in doing this. The fact that you know the Chiefs, even though they're in the Super Bowl again, they gave up draft picks for Kadarius Toney and McCole Hardman. That That is uh, some things I'm sure they wish they they could get back at this point. Even though Toney had a great punt return in the touchdown in the Super Bowl last year, this is a guy they, they envisioned to be a lot more for them. And now that you have him uh, throwing the, the organization under the bus after they protected his ass for the entire year, really, really bad look. Uh, not just on the Chiefs, but on Toney's character. I mean, there were so many times Patrick Mahomes could take the podium and said, yeah, why don't you ask the guy who gave the other team seven points? Why don't you ask him that? You know, and why you bring up my interception numbers. How would you go talk to him about seven of mine this year? Because they're to that player. But they decided to protect him because that's the culture Andy Reid has instilled that you don't throw one player under the bus. You handle it internally. I'm sure they have, but Kadarius Toney's a selfish guy, and he absolutely released that video so that he could get focused before that game. So that, that's the player you're dealing with. As for Omenihue, gutted for a guy like that because we also forget he missed the first five games of the season or whatever it was, and he yeah. was really being such an anchor to – uh, the defensive line. He was playing a great edge opposite of George Karloftis. I think that's what made Karloftis much better this year as well, yeah, is they had to focus point. on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what's even worse about this, since it happened so late in the year, he's not going to be healthy next year. And you got him to a two-year deal, and you know he's a young player. I thought he made this defense so much better. Really an unsung hero. He replaced the hole that was left by Frank Clark, I thought, very, very well. He's always going to be known for that strip sack he had in the AFC title game. We know here in Kansas City, it's next man up. Now it's Mike Dana's responsibility. It's Turk Wharton's responsibility. And I told you this yesterday, Felix Henrique Uzama, he was a healthy scratch in the AFC title game. Now he's going to have to probably be ready to go if his number's called upon. So Andy Reid's preached that all year long, next man up mentality. It's it's Mike Dana's turn uh, to replace Charles O'Menehue. But hopefully he can get a speedy recovery. And maybe, I don't know, fingers crossed he can be healthy before the playoffs next year. Agreed. Text on the text line, 316-247-0923. I think you're spot on with KT. Chiefs may have given him a good guy pass, to your point. Maybe get him an opportunity for other pursuers. Yeah, Kadarius Tony, man. <laughs> I think we were all hopeful. But that's because we were also force-fed, too, from the very top, saying that this guy's different, he's healthy, and... He's all ready to rock and roll. Then the first game against Detroit, you're thinking, I've never seen a worse wide receiver, a worse number one wide receiver at that. When I get to Vegas, I'll be on the prowl to see if KT's out there. <laughs> Something tells me he ain't. Something tells me he ain't going to make the trip. I will search for FA, FAU, though. If he's out there, I'll try to get Felix Anuduke Uzama. I'll also try to get Blake Bell. I know I talked to Blake Bell last year and hope to do the same. So 
We'll continue to talk Chiefs later on. We'll get back to Jack. He's an expert in a lot of things. I know he's an expert in this analysis, so we'll get to him later on. Up next, though, we need to get to Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. He's on deck right here on The Pulse. You're tuned into The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. The GOAT is coming to Kansas City. Sporting KC will host Inter-Miami and Lionel Messi, the greatest of all time, at the loudest stadium in the world. See Johnny Russell, Alan Polito, and the rest of your hometown team take on Messi, Luis Suarez, and more at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday, April 13th. It's the soccer capital of America versus the greatest of all time. Get your tickets while you still can at SportingKC.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest-rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Natalia, solid dismount, but that little pause is a deduction. Top tumblers hope to stick the landing with Coach Jasmine. That aerial sequence still needs work. She needs more certified athletic trainers to find her balance. Focus. I'm going to need you for the all-around. Wait, who's spotting the vault? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Let the open wilderness become your playground with Four Seasons RV. Explore their selection of top-notch pre-owned and new campers and RVs, each one a gateway to excitement and relaxation. From cozy interiors to smart off-grid layouts, every camper is crafted to enhance your journey. Alliance RV, Intech, and Grand Design are just a few of the premium options. Make timeless memories with family and friends camping in your new lifestyle upgrade from Four Seasons RV in Abilene or online at kansasrv.com, where the fun begins. Hey, ESPN Wichita fans, let's live Groundhog Day over and over again. No, but really, meet us at Twin Peaks East starting at noon this Friday, 21st in Rock. We're back at the Lodge with the Shane Dennis Show and the Pulse with Pat Strothman rolling from noon to 4 this Friday, Twin Peaks East. Come enjoy their scratch-made food, 29-degree drafts, and we got you covered with some swag to go along with the scenic views. Friday, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. See you there. Number two begins with Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle. He's brought to you by You Build at Wichita. So we'll recap Shockers basketball and what they did this past weekend. But right now we do have to continue 
Our Kansas City Chiefs talk after another AFC Championship victory, getting it done against the Ravens, seventeen to ten. A guy that is able to break it down joins us now, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. He's brought to you by Intrust Bank. Today is for zero fees. That's why there's free small business checking from Intrust Bank. Tradition for today, member FDIC. Matt, thanks for squeezing us into your schedule. How you doing? I'm doing great, Pat, although you say we have to do a more, you know, continuing Chiefs coverage. Like, you know, you're just disappointed that the Chiefs just keep winning. <laughs> super disappointed, just like I'm super disappointed to go to Vegas next week. I'm heartbroken. Um, I was going to say I have, uh, have some fond memories of hanging out with you in Phoenix last year, so we can, we can just do it again, right? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I haven't texted you what your plans are to get down to, to Vegas yet, but – that's definitely on the docket because I know you're going to be there. I know Fat Jack's going to be there, and I'm lining up some inter- interviews as of right now, and that's not including the boatload of Chiefs content that we're going to have. So you and I are both going to be busy next week. That I do know. Should be yes, fun, though. Yes, we will. So I can't wait to see you, Pat. It's always good to catch up with you. Always good. 110% always good. Well, it's great to have you here today to talk about a win against the Baltimore Ravens, 17-10. to 10. Chiefs were five-point dogs at kickoff. And you're thinking, oh, boy, well, at Vegas is telling you that all the money is going on Baltimore and, and the Ravens are the dominant team, and this is it. This is their moment. And then the Kansas City Chiefs say, mm, hold on one second. We have Patrick Mahomes, who goes perfect in the first quarter. They have a defense that is capable of leading a team to a Super Bowl. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling comes up with, a big grab to seal the deal in Baltimore. Kansas City just continues to break hearts across the nation. What was your overall takeaway from the AFC title game? Yeah, I think uh, I think that the, the further the line went towards the Ravens, I think it got me more and more convinced that the Chiefs were going to pull it off. Because, I mean, re- remember, we are going to a Mecca, Pat, that reminds us that the house always wins. So uh, I, I, that, that just... <laughs> I'm looking forward to way more Vegas cliches next week with Matt Derrick. He's going to drop them all. That's right. The more money that was coming on on the Ravens just told you that the the public is always wrong, right? Um, Yeah, I I mean, I felt like that going into that game that the Chiefs, you know, I think there was obviously motivation on both sides, but I think the Chiefs obviously experienced and focused were going to be in their favor because – uh, for another Vegas metaphor, Chiefs were kind of playing with house money. I mean, they got a couple of rings. They'd already gone farther than anybody else thought that they had. They got the road win. I mean, there was not a lot of pressure on the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, whereas there was a ton on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. And they didn't have that experience yet. Most of that team had not played in a championship game like that. And I think that was the deciding factor. I mean, that was a team that looked like under the bright light that they struggled. The, the Chiefs absolutely did not. They came out very focused from the very get-go, um, jumped on the Ravens early, which is what they had to do, and then held on for dear life, which is the other thing that you have to do. And in the end, I think experience and calmness won out in that game. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you've been there, done that, you do have that calmness. But also, too, 
maybe this is overblown. Maybe maybe this this is something that we shouldn't be talking about. But Justin Tucker warming up and then the talking beforehand. Is it smart for the Ravens to poke the bear? Like, come on. No, you don't poke the bear. You don't step on Superman's cape. And um, that's exactly what it seemed like that they did with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I don't know what Justin Tucker was doing. I have never seen a kicker warm up in that area of the field when the you know, the other team is on the field. I mean, there's usually a window for the kickers to be on the field that's outside the rest of the team. If they're on the field when both teams are out there for stretching, usually they're on their own end of the field. So unless there was some sort of mix-up, I mean, I don't know if they had the Ravens on the you know a different end than they usually are or the timing was messed up, but that doesn't normally happen. So I don't know what Justin Tucker was thinking. I mean, there's a reason why they have both teams stretching and working out in different areas. So you don't have these kind of conflicts. Um, but it, it absolutely certainly seemed like it got Patrick and, and Travis fired up. And I think those guys were already fired up to 10. So I don't think they really needed Justin Tucker taking them up to 11. But that's exactly what it seemed like. And, and the way that those two guys connected on the first few drives, I mean, Travis Kelsey looked like he was 27 again. I mean, he was making plays that um, just, yeah, I haven't seen him make in a while. Uh, and I, I have to believe that there was a connection in there somewhere. How stunned were you that the Baltimore Ravens handed the ball off eight combined times to guys not named Lamar Jackson, and then the rest, Lamar running or throwing over 30 times in this one? How stunned were you that that was the game plan for Baltimore? Yeah, I didn't know if it was the game plan or it was just what they get into when they get behind because they're never behind. I mean, they generally play from ahead. And absolutely, the Chiefs' strategy in this game was to get a lead because that allows them to put the ball into the hands, in the game, into Lamar Jackson's hands. And that was absolutely their number one priority. And even though the Chiefs haven't voiced it, I mean, it, their actions have spoken this for years of going up against him, and certainly Steve Spagnuolo's belief, which is that if you can put the ball on the arm of Lamar Jackson, you got a better chance than if you put it into the legs of their running game. And, and then the fact that they just gave Gus Edwards three carries, despite the fact that he seemed to be gashing the Chiefs every time he got, he got the ball in his hands, um, made absolutely zero sense to me. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, how they were not leaning on what got them there the entire way and just completely abandoned their principles and their DNA when they fell behind by seven points was just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I can't get over that because all along we've been told, hey, Baltimore is going to stick with the game plan. They're going to run. They're going to do this. Heck, they could have done Lamar Jackson – Fourth and one quarterback sneaks, just quarterback powers the entire game, and they might have had a little more success than what they've shown. Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com, our guest. He's brought to you by Interest Bank. Chiefs win it 17-10 over the Baltimore Ravens. How did things change after halftime for the Chiefs? Offensively in the first half, seems things seemed to be pretty good. And then the second half, there wasn't much there for Kansas City. They did just enough, obviously, but if you would have told me they could shut out in the second half, I'm thinking Baltimore is probably winning that thing by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have been that pessimistic because I, I felt like that the Chiefs' defense was would do their thing, which, I mean, they did, which was you only give up three points in the second half. 
Um, that's, that's their thing. Uh, but yeah, if you, especially the way that the Chiefs offense opened up, you certainly thought they would be able to continue that. But the Ravens defense did what they do too. I mean, they, they buttoned it down after the first couple of drives. Um, they certainly played tighter. I think they, um, were probably a little too aggressive as far as just trying to play a little bit more man and, and playing into the kind of the, the Chiefs strategy. Once they kind of you know, diversified a little bit, they I think they absolutely did a better job taking away the middle of the field. Kyle Hamilton was an absolute beast whenever he was on anybody. So getting him more on Travis Kelsey in the second half certainly helped. Um, that was more of what you expect from Ravens. But you're right. I mean, it, it, yeah, I certainly thought that the Chiefs' offense was going to have to be more productive than that in the second half to win. But in the end, they weren't because – Defense was honestly the better defense on the field Sunday belonged to the Chiefs. Yeah, I, and you know you saw it, but also too that defense got a little bit fired up because you know Zay Flowers thought it was a good idea to do something with Jerry Sneed, and then Jerry Sneed decided to peanut punch the ball out of his hands near the near the end zone. Funny how things work like that. You know, karma is a funny thing, very very funny thing. Well, and that's one of the, uh, you know, I don't know, are we, are we making Taylor Swift references here on purpose, Pat? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the other thing, too, is that, you know, that points back to the composure and the experience angle is that, hey, Legereus Sneed getting trash-talked and, you know, and, and stepped over and taunted like that by Zay Flowers would usually get a response from Legereus Sneed. To the point where you're thinking, okay, well, this might be an offsetting penalty here situation, and it wasn't. Legereus just kind of ignored it. He, you know, he said he didn't see some of it, so maybe that helped. But remember, Travis was the same way. He got the 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 penalty against Kyle Van Noy and just then kind of walked away and laughed from the situation rather than engaging. So there was, you know, 30 yards of penalties that the Chiefs got because. Honestly, two of their biggest trash talkers just turned the other cheek and walked away. Um, but that play, bouncing back by Snead from, you know, getting beat and giving up a big gain and then punching that ball out in that situation and that form, I mean, that was one of the more impressive defensive plays I've ever seen. Uh, we're we're going to be seeing that one a lot. And if that if that play alone didn't add about $3 million of value to Legereus Sneed's free agent contract this offseason. I'll be stunned. <laughs> Legereus's agent probably calling and going, hey, 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 Brett, that's an additional $5 million. You know, just saying. Just that one play yeah. alone, additional $5 million. I'm sure that's what Marquez Valdez-Scantling's thinking after coming up with that grab there, the ice things, but maybe MVS maybe is he back to to what he did last year because I'm I'm having maybe a little bit of flashbacks to what I saw last year during his Super Bowl run what do you think about MVS yeah that I mean how can you not be happy for that guy for all the struggles that he went through this season with the drops and you know the numbers not being there like they have been in the past and then the last two weeks having three big catches including that one that just iced the game away and that was a circus catch. I mean, it was difficult. He obviously, you know, had a little bit of trouble tracking it, but managed to make sure that it gets in the gut and puts it away. And I, I get it. I mean, I've been joking about this to a degree that, you know, I feel like Chiefs fans feel like that given the year that he's had, unless MVS is going around kicking puppies, they're not going to be happy about it. 
because they want him to be miserable. And and he's trying to smile through this. And I give him credit for that. You know, and his teammates have stuck by him. And that's it. I mean, I think the thing that was pretty clear is that, you know, his teammates were pretty happy for him, too, because they feel like he's stuck in there, that he hasn't given it up, that he's held his head high. And even though that's rubbed some Chiefs fans the wrong way, you know what? It works for Marquez, and it worked for the Chiefs on Sunday. All right, lastly, I know hopefully we'll have a little bit of time to talk next week. I say hopefully because I know it's a madhouse and we'll be all over the place. I'm sure you'll make your way over to the Mandalay Bay for the radio row, but I know there's a lot of stuff going on in Vegas next week. So hopefully we'll be able to do this in person and live and all that stuff. I know things are different. So let me ask you this. Charles Emanuel suffering that ACL tear on a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a loss is this for the Steve Spagnola defense ahead of the 49ers game? I'll probably say about a 6. Um, big, but I think that, once again, I mean, the Chiefs have a lot of depth in that position. What's that mean? It means that your first-round draft pick is going to probably be active on game day and the Super Bowl Sunday, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, people seem to think that it's because that the Chiefs have some sort of lack of faith and in Felix Anadike Uzama, and that's not the case at all. It's just that there have been four or five other guys playing better football than he has. And, you know, and they didn't feel the need to rush him and to put him in the situation that, you know, that they didn't have to this season. So I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. If that means that Felix is going to see some snaps and get some playing time on Sunday, I think that's a great experience for him. And I don't think there's any doubt that the Chiefs trust him. Well, Gabby, ready. Gotta be ready for the moment, and everyone's got to play the part. That's it. Next man up. That's exactly it. Lastly, the Chiefs are facing the Niners. We'll break down Niners and and Chiefs next week. Lions, though, choke job in the NFC Championship game, or the Niners actually win that thing? Um, probably a little bit of both. I mean, I'm I probably take a third road on the decision making that the. The Lions had in a couple of spots. I mean, sure, they had some turnovers that were costly, and they had made some little mistakes. But, you know, I feel I feel like the big debate about, you know, go for it or kick the field goal. You know, and looking at the numbers, honestly, I'm like, if, I, if I'm Andy Reid in that situation, you know what? I think I might have even punted. <laughs> I mean, if you don't trust your kicker to make that field goal, and you don't want to give, you know, the 49ers the opportunity to feel to get some momentum. You know what the least momentum play in football is? It's a punt. So I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, Dan Campbell probably played too aggressively with a lead. Uh, I know there will be the analytics people who say, hey, you just got to pile it on, and that was the right decision. I mean, I, I guess, I guess I've just watched too much Andy Reid football, and Andy Reid's belief that momentum is a thing. I, I just feel like that there was a couple of times when the the Lions just gave the 49ers momentum that they didn't need. And so the, the, the Lions opened the door, but the 49ers kicked it down. So give them credit for it. Okay. Lastly, AFC West. Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Chargers. Does that do anything for you? It's going to make things interesting. It's going to be entertaining. I mean, there's no doubt now. Um, you got four, you know, divisional games between that and the Broncos and Sean Payton. That um, you've got top-rate coaches that I mean are going to be tough. I think Antonio Pierce, I mean, might end up being the best of the, those three for crying out loud. 
So that's not going to make things easy going forward. And you know what? I mean, Chiefs might have a gauntlet next year. I mean, they're going to have to face Harbaugh, a Harbaugh three times during the regular season. They might have to face a couple of them in the playoffs, too. So Chiefs just might be Harbaugh Central next year. <laughs> Hope you like Harbaugh and more Harbaugh and more Harbaugh. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to next week. Hopefully we'll be able to line something up. But, again, I know your schedule will be very dependent on what happens with the team activities, and it'll be the same on on my end. It comes down to what happens at Radio Row and all that stuff. So I'm sure we'll figure something out. At the very least, maybe we can meet up at a at a blackjack table and just you know do a segment there. You know, maybe we can do that. I don't know. We'll figure. Well, it out. Well, at least it's easier for me to find you because I can just look for the one guy who's taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> but you look like the male model, so you know you're the one that stands out. So I mean, come on, let's be real. You're the one that everyone's gawking at. Come on, we all understand. Uh, they're they're gawking at me because they still have to give me a wide berth, Pat. <laughs> all right, Matt. You have a wonderful time here this weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. You too. Travel safe, Pat. Take care. Appreciate it, man. You too, Matt Derrick of ChiefsDigest.com. He's brought to you by Interest Bank. Last year we. I think we were able to get it done, but it took a little bit to get the schedules to kind of just line up perfectly. It's always just kind of you have things in in place and then you throw them to the side because you never know who's going to show up. So we'll see what happens next week with Matt Derrick of Cheesedigest.com. All right, we're moments away from a Tuesday with Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle. We'll also talk more football in hour number two, but it's not the NFL. Up next, though, Jack Johnson is an expert at a lot of different things. I know he's got thoughts on this particular topic. We'll get into that next on The Pulse. The heartbeat of Wichita sports fans. The Pulse on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Have you heard the buzz around affordable diamonds? Unlike their natural counterparts, lab-grown diamonds are created in a laboratory, making them more affordable and abundant. Hi, Nathan from Brunel's Fine Jewelry and Design. Did you know natural and lab-grown diamonds have the same hardness level, durability, and chemical properties? Natural diamonds were created deep in the earth billions of years ago, whereas lab-grown diamonds were created recently. So which diamond is best for you? The experts at Brunel's are here to help you navigate these choices. Come see us on the northeast corner of Rock and Central or online at Brunel's.com. Hello, this is Ben Farha with Farha Roofing. Our team of professionals would like to secure your home or business in 2024. If you have concerns regarding roofing, call Farha Roofing or visit FarhaRoofing.com. Whether it's repair, service, or replacement, Farha Roofing is the team for you. Call Farha Roofing or visit us at FarhaRoofing.com. Farha Roofing, we rise above the rest. Attention. This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-760-8196. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. 
Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-760-8196 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-760-8196. What do you have to lose? Call 800-760-8196. Again, 800-760-8196. How long does it take to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need. Indoor or outdoor, repair or redesign. And we handle the rest. Sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I to get started. Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. The Kansas City Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. I, I don't like losing any any games. We always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset. Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building, and no one hung their head. Everybody was ready to go, and now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. We are about 10 to 15 minutes away from Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle. Brought to you by You Build at Wichita. We also have a pair of tickets for Wichita State and UTSA next week, Wednesday, 6.30 tip. We'll give those away at some point. Continue to listen to the polls right here on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. All right, Jack Johnson, we talked a little bit about this via text over the weekend. It's official. The Kansas City Royals... They announced that they have signed Adam Frazier to a one-year deal with a mutual option for 2025. Frazier's 32. He's an eight-year Major League veteran with Pittsburgh, San Diego, Seattle, and Baltimore. He was a National League All-Star in 2021 when he set career highs with a 305 batting average, 36 doubles, 83 runs. He has twice been named a finalist for the Rawlings Gold Glove Award at second base while playing for the Pirates in 2019 and 2020. He's played six different defensive positions throughout his big league career, but the majority of the time has been spent at second base. In 2023, with the American League East champion Baltimore Orioles, he recorded a career-best 13 homers and 60 RBI, and he appeared in two of three games in the American League Division Series against the eventual World Series champion, Texas Rangers. So when this news came, I sent it to Jack because I didn't see it. I didn't see it on his Twitter feed right away. And I know Jack is, he's got a podcast with the Kansas City Royals that I highly suggest that you go out and listen and subscribe to. And when I, when I didn't see it, I'm like, all right, I'm going to send this over to Jack. So that way he's aware just to make sure I always try to help out, you know, other people just in case, because Jack might have been getting settled in at a bar somewhere. I don't know. But I sent over to Jack, and Jack initially sent something back, and I'm like, could it be for this? And Jack certainly agreed. What does this do for the Royals? Obviously some defensive flexibility for Kansas City, but this does seem like an interesting move, and you think it could lead to another move for the Kansas City Royals. 
Yeah, so uh, earlier today they cleared a 40-man roster spot by trading Samad Taylor to Seattle, and and he was just one of the, the odd men out. They have a lot of you know, super utility guys on their 40-man roster, and he just didn't really have a spot uh, that could be you know safe on the 40-man roster anymore. Now, I do think this is one of those moves, bringing in Frazier, that could signal that the Royals are really trying to go after a closer, which was reported by Ken Rosenthal last week. But it also could mean that they just want a lot of competition and spring training for second base. Um, you know, I thought originally that it doesn't make a lot of sense for for Michael Massey and Adam Frazier to be on the same roster because there's two left-handed hitting second basemen. It would make more sense for Nick Lofton to make it over Massey because you know the Royals are going to have Frazier and Garrett Hampson on the roster. They've already given them major league contracts. They're putting money into them. They're not going to be DFA'd in spring training. Now, that brings up the question of Lofton and Massey. Well, they can't both be on the roster. Somebody's got to be down in AAA Omaha. So it comes down to, do you want Massey to be on the team, where then his backups are Hampson and Frazier? Or do you want Lofton to be on the team because it gives you a platoon of a left-handed hitter and a right-handed hitter? Um, I will still wait and see if the Royals are trying to – you know, find a partner to, to get a closer, to trade somebody. But we also know the Royals don't have a ton of resources to trade, and I don't think they're willing to package a prospect, a top-10 one at that in their system, to just bring in a closer. I think it's more so that they're they're trying to test the waters a little bit, but this also could be, hey, we need to give competition to second base because Michael Massey wasn't a good everyday player for the first half of the year, and that can't happen two years in a row. You can't have a second baseman hitting 140 or 130 in April and May. you got to have somebody that can anchor that side of your uh, infield. And so if this propels Michael Massey into an everyday player and a good one at that, then all the better. Then Adam Frazier and Garrett Hampson are your backups. If this propels Nick Lofton to be the everyday second baseman, then you have a platoon situation, a right-handed, left-handed hitter. But, you know, J.J. Bacola is very adamant in the offseason that he wanted to bring in competition he was not counting on guys to bounce back. He wanted to have consistent guys, and Adam Frazier's been that in his career. He was an all-star a couple years back. He's had four or so seasons of an OBP north of 340, so he can man second base every day like he did last year for Baltimore, and if anything, it's just something to watch in spring training. There's a couple guys that could win that job, and it's not guaranteed it's going to Massey anymore. All right, then. There's Jack Johnson breaking things down for the Kansas City Royals. I'd see that's what I do. I just open things up to Jack because I know he's got it all mapped out. He is a chess player when it comes to Kansas City Royals baseball. There you go, Jack. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> he's doing it blindfolded too, everyone. He's not fooling anyone. He's not faking it. Ah, <laughs> oh, good stuff. Really good stuff. Hey, another defensive weapon or another defensive opportunity, I guess, that's there for the Kansas City Royals. Like uh, like you and I were talking about, it's is this team going to go out and get another arm in the bullpen and try to make that a little bit better? I guess there's still an opportunity of that happening, though. We're getting closer and closer to Jack Johnson going out to Arizona and being a part of spring training. Looking forward to that. Don't know who we're getting to return without Jack. Maybe we'll get special live interviews from, from spring training. We'll see. All right. Hour number two is approaching. We do have to get to college football. We have an answer on where KU is going to play football in 2024. Taylor Eldridge from the Wichita Eagle and much more. That's next in hour number two on the Pulse on ESPN Wichita. 
Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.